You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 29. Welcome to another episode of the Q's Podcast, where we'll talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. On today's episode, we will discuss risk appetite. Our special guest, Anson Cooley, is principal of Synergy Credit Union Consulting. Synergy Credit Union Consulting specializes in providing outsourced credit analysis, loan review, problem loan workouts, internal audits, appraisal review, process improvement, allowance for loan and lease losses consultations, information technology audits, compliance audits, and director training. Anson has also served as speaker and educator for several of our Q's events in the past, including the CEO Executive Team Network and the Directors Conference. You will also be one of our featured speakers at our Execute Summit coming up in March of 2018. I enjoyed my conversation with Anson for several reasons. He has great content. It is very informative. Anson also uses several super analogies all throughout the episode. I think it will help you better understand risk appetite and risk appetite statements. Some of the key takeaways from my interview with Anson include the value for developing risk appetite statements, the benefits of utilizing risk appetite statements when developing your strategy, identifying the timeline and schedule for developing risk appetite statements, and worst case scenarios if credit unions decide there's no need to develop these statements. Now it's time to go straight to my interview with Anson Cooley. I have Anson Cooley, Principal of Synergy Credit Union Consulting. Thank you, Anson, for being part of the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Anson, there's so many questions I want to ask, and I think our listeners would be very interested in your responses. But before we begin, if you don't mind, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your organization, kind of what services you do, and also a little bit about your background? Sure. No problem. My name is, again, my name is Anson Cooley. I'm the principal of Synergy Credit Union Consulting. We provide strategic planning, risk management services, and training services to credit unions throughout the country. I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, so you'll hear my my drawl every now and then in terms of uh, you'll hear a couple of y'alls throughout the day <laughs> here. So, so I started off my career as a regulatory examiner with the U.S. Treasury Department. When I left there, I went to work for a regional accounting firm where we did loan reviews, internal audits, as well as strategic planning. And then about eight years ago, I decided to uh, start my own firm, Synergy Credit Union Consulting, with the primary purpose of being able to provide valuable service to credit unions in the United States. Wonderful. So tell us about some of those offerings that you do now, some of the consulting work that you do. Yeah, we get involved in a lot of different engagements, anywhere from process improvement to strategic planning, risk appetite development. We also have some credit unions that have us do specific board trainings. We have one in particular called What Your Board Packet is Really Telling You, as well as we specialize in credit risk management, specifically related to loan review, helping uh, credit unions develop their small business, their SBA programs, as well as doing some back office work where we help them underwrite loans that they may need a little extra expertise in underwriting. Now, today, Anson, we're going to be talking about risk appetite but before we get into those questions, let's get everybody on the same page. Let's define risk. How do you do that? All right. So one of the ways that we want to define uh, your risk appetite is it can be defined as the amount and type of risk that an organization is willing to take in order to meet their strategic objectives. 
And there's several advantages as to why a credit union should develop its risk appetite every time it embarks on some type of strategic planning session because your, your risk appetite allows you to drive all the decisions that you make going forward, whether it be the type of loan products that you want to offer, the rate in which you want to grow your loan portfolio and the type of risks that your organization would like to take. I think uh, I get, let me just give you an example, because uh, I see a lot of times that a lot of organizations aren't on the same page in the context of risk appetite. The CEO might have a different risk appetite than the board of directors. I'm giving an example. Let me ask you a question. Um, James, would you would you get in the ring with Mike Tyson for <laughs> two rounds? All right. Follow All right. me. Would you go in for two rounds for two million dollars? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I think I, I, um, I might need some training on that one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's back up. So, so, so that's, that's outside of that's that, that particular offer might be outside of your risk appetite. Okay. Well, what if I was to give you $5 million and we tied one hand behind his back? Would that, would that be within your risk appetite? Ooh, now that sounds a little more interesting to me. So $5 Perfect. million. Dollars, he has only one hand to use. Yes, he only has one. Yes, and, and see, it's in the details, right? I wanna, so I think let, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so let let me ask you one, another one. Uh, would you swim across an Olympic sized swimming pool with a crocodile in it for one million dollars? <laughs> wow, I, I kind of get what you're saying now. So, so and I have a, when I do this, you do these in a, in a training sessions, you get a lot of different answers because the devil's in the details. I have some people say, well, has the crocodile been fed first? Right. Yeah. And a lot of times that same thought process in terms of getting the details around a particular transaction and the more information that you have, you're able to gauge your specific risk appetite. Another way that I like to describe it is this. I'm a marathon runner and a triathlete. And my mama down in New Orleans, uh, she suggested that I have a stress test performed. And I think I'm pretty healthy. Like I, you know, I run, I think I look healthy, things of that nature. So, but my mom pressed, pressed and pressed. And she said, Anson, I want you to go to your doctor and have a physical and get a stress test. So I go, come to find out that I have had high blood pressure and high cholesterol. And that was because I was going to five guys, burgers and fries three days a week and then going across the street to Baskin Robbins and getting a milkshake to eat with my five guys, burgers and fries. And what I didn't realize was that what I was putting on my physical balance sheet, if you will, mm -hmm. although was affecting me today, would have dire effects for me in the future. And likewise, some credit unions have risk appetites that if they continue along those lines, they will have issues further down in a couple of years because of the risk they're taking on in their loan portfolios. And so just to kind of wrap up what risk appetite is, it's your ability to outline what risk you're willing to take in order to meet your strategic objectives. And good credit unions always start their strategic planning process with defining the risk appetite in a risk appetite statement. Wow. Great analogy there. All right, Anson. So then what about the credit unions that decide not to you know, analyze and develop a risk appetite analysis. Well, interestingly enough, I've been to, I would say, probably about four conferences in the last two months. And I would say less than 10% of the credit unions that I would survey, you know, actually raise their hand, actually have risk appetite statements. 
Wow. And what I find is, is that credit unions that have risk appetite statements do a better job of defining their growth in their, in their strategies. And they do a better job of not, they're more efficient. For example, you have some credit unions as opposed to giving their loan officers a fishing rod and a specific lure made for a specific type of fish, whether it be bass or sea bass or perch, they just hand their loan officers a net just to throw in the water. And whatever comes in the net, that's what gets presented in loan committee that particular week. Well, that's terribly inefficient because there's a lot of loans that loan officers go after that are outside of the credit union's risk appetite. So imagine the cost associated with underwriting, developing and nurturing prospects that your credit union doesn't even have an appetite for. So by defining your risk appetite, you're able to tell your loan officers what loans they should be going after and what those characteristics are and it allows you to be more efficient with your loan processes. Now, this is starting to make sense here. So at what point should credit unions start thinking about their risk appetite and putting a plan into place? I mean, right now? I would definitely say as as if you're a credit union, uh, this is the summertime and as you go into the third, fourth, fourth, fourth quarter, that typically is uh, strategic planning season. So I would say that uh, if you're in discussion with your strategic planning professional, ask them if you, they're interested in developing a, a risk appetite statement so that you can get on the same page. One of the things that's important to do that in a key step is a risk appetite survey in which the board and the CEO and the senior management sit down and they go through a survey and everyone defines what their risk appetite is. And therefore, for example, you may have one person that might have a risk appetite of this for one to 10 of a three, but you might have another person that has a risk appetite of a nine, but in a combined aggregate, the board of directors might have a total risk appetite of six. So with that, that should drive what type of endeavors, type of products, what type of services, and what type of loan types that the credit union should go after in that next given year. Interesting. So these surveys are important from the surveys you get. Statements that are created, you know, who are the ideal people to help them with these statements? Definitely. It's a collaborative process in that you want your CEO involved, your your chief lending officer, your CFO, because they all bring a different piece to the puzzle in terms of the data needed to address this particular issue. And then also you need to have your board involved because they should be involved in terms of outlining what the strategic direction of the credit union should be going forward. So it's a collaborative process, but you need different pieces because each one of the Members of management have different information that's needed to make that particular decision. Wow, this is really interesting. So what needs to happen for this to be a permanent part of a credit union strategy? It needs, there needs to be a buy-in, specifically in these terms, risk appetite, risk tolerance, risk capacity. That needs to be part of your credit union's lexicon. I just meant, I haven't gotten to risk tolerance before yet, but just, just to kind of give you a quick definition, mm-hmm. Your risk appetite could be defined as this. I might have an appetite to eat all the food on this buffet, but my stomach can't tolerate it. Okay. <laughs> and so although I might have an appetite for it, likewise, your credit union might have an appetite to go into subprime used car lending, but your capital base cannot tolerate it. 
And so you want to make sure that your risk appetite is commensurate with your risk tolerance. And that's typically defined by your core capital base. And so you want to make sure that in order to make this a part of your permanent strategy, that everyone's on the same page and educate, educated on what risk appetite is, what risk tolerances are, and what risk capacity is. And it becomes a part of the, the language in the conversation that's being used within your credit union. For example, you may have a good, you should have, be having discussions like this loan is within policy, but is it within our risk appetite? Those type of discussions need to start happening at your in your loan committees and in your uh, your board meetings. That's very interesting. And then you referenced earlier about 10 percent are involved with that. So those types of questions are recommended by you. And I can see how those are healthy discussions. You got to You need to have parameters. You need to have discussions. You need to have a lot of communication for this to take place and be, you know, a permanent part of a credit union strategy. Very interesting. So is this terminology that you've described, is that something that is lacking, do you think, perhaps, in uh, credit unions? Definitely. I think that it happens de facto in a sense that most credit unions have limits in place, policies in place, and procedures in place, but they aren't revisited and they're not used to drive decision makers. They are just they put on the books, we have a limit of X, we have a limit of Y, mm-hmm. but often they're not revisited in a manner in which to just drive decisions. Recently had a, a credit union that is, is suffering from weak loan growth. And one of the things that we needed to do is revisit their risk appetite. They have about 16% total capital. And so what we could do is we can outline what their risk appetite and what capital they're willing to put at risk in an effort to drive their loan growth going forward. So you mentioned prepared and be part of your permanent strategy, but how often, you know, should risk appetite statements be updated? Is it quarterly, annually? What do you recommend? I, I recommend that it's complete, like your initial strategy should be done annually during your strategic planning session or have uh, everyone uh, reevaluate what their individual risk appetites are and then combine it into one document done by the board and CEO. But then you should be revisiting it quarterly. For example, your board policy currently going into 2018 or your loan policy might say that you don't approve loans with credit scores less than 600. However, you're experiencing weak loan growth. And so you'd make a combined decision as an as an institution to increase your risk appetite to now include loans between 575 and 600 if they haven't been late on a car payment or a home payment within the last five years. So maybe this person might be missing a payment on a medical bill, but they might be missing a payment on a credit card. But it seems as though they they make their their, their home payment and they make their car note payment, right? So you decide to change a policy for that and increase your risk appetite. You want to revisit those changes quarterly to see whether or not you want to draw back your risk appetite. Look at the first payment defaults. Look at the the uh, past due rates on this new bucket of loans that you made to determine whether or not this new endeavor or this new growth into this particular area is achieving its uh, its desired goals. Very nice. So why don't you know why don't credit unions realize they need to assess their risk appetite? What are the roadblocks? I think it's just an awareness, just bringing this particular concept to the credit union. This is something that I'm very passionate about because I think that it could 
drive a lot of credit unions to kind of get unstuck, not be stagnant. Oftentimes, if we just talk about risk appetite or we just talk about things, we want to grow loans by 3% or we want to grow our portfolio by 5%, they often do not get down into the actual number. What areas do we want to start MBL lending? How much of that growth should be new cars? How much of that growth should be used cars? How much of that growth should be credit card lending? But if you get down into the, the minutia of it and get into the details, you can really put some numbers behind what your risk tolerances are and what your risk appetite is, and everyone can be on the same page. Such an important you know, component to strategy. This is the precursor to strategy, and then it's also a continual part of strategy. It sounds like you need to define the parameters. What are some worst case scenarios if credit unions decide there's no need to develop these statements? I guess at worst, in, in the same way, just go back to my original analogy. If I never took a step back and did the stress test and continue eating my five guys burgers and fries, I could have went on and you know you know lived until I was 110, right? Mm-hmm. However, the probability that I would have a heart attack increases substantially because of my appetite or because of the diet that I had. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to say that if you don't do this, that you're going to you're going to fail, you're going to run into some type of regulatory issues. But I would say that you you have a higher chance of being more successful and driving your loan growth in a way that is in a safe and sound manner. And that's commensurate with your risk appetite. If you develop this this particular formalized process. It'll allow you to compensate yourself properly for risks that you're taking. For example, there's some credit unions that are currently giving the same interest rate for a person with a 750 that they are with a a borrower that has a 600. Mm -hmm. You have to be compensated for the risk that you're taking. So like likewise, you know, when I I don't eat meat as much as I used to. But when I do, I make sure it's a good steak. Right. You know, and so. You know, I might eat meat maybe three or four times a year, but when I do, I get compensated properly. Likewise, when you decide to originate that loan for that has a, a credit score of uh, five seventy five, your interest rates need to be commensurate for the probability of default associated with that particular credit score. That makes great sense. Wow, I love your analogies. <laughs> Now, we've had Anson Cooley here as a speaker and educator at our events at Director's Conference at the CEO Executive Team Network Conference. You also have a chance to see him at the Q's Executive Summit event that'll take place March 11th through the 16th, the summit at Big Sky in Big Sky, Montana. Looking forward to having him there. But uh, if they want to reach you, what is your contact information, Anson? Perfect. If anyone would like an example risk appetite statement, I'll be more than happy to email one over to you. You can reach me at acooley at syncuc.com. Again, that's acooley at syncuc.com. And I'll make sure I email you an example risk appetite statement and some other goodies in a, in a wonderful takeaway toolkit. That's a nice resource for our listeners. Appreciate you doing that. No problem. Any other final statements before we go? The three keys that I've been stressing in terms of really rejuvenating your your credit union's culture in the next year is focusing on your risk appetite, talent management, and your institutional biases. That's the the three keys, your risk appetite, talent management, and your institutional biases. If you can address those, I actually had an opportunity to speak at that. Your your recent uh, director's conference last year spoke on those three areas. 
But if you can uh, focus on those, I, I think that you can uh, push your uh, your credit union forward going into the next year uh, to be very successful. Great thoughts, great pieces of advice. Thank you very much, Anson, for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. We have a lot more new and exciting episodes heading your way, including our next episode, which features Denise Lee Yan, international speaker on brand leadership and best-selling author of What Great Brands Do, The Seven Brand-Building Principles That Separate the Best from the Rest. Denise will also be delivering a keynote on building a rock star brand in addition to a deep dive at the 2017 CEO Executive Team Network. It takes place October 10th through the 12th at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. This year, Q's is rolling out a whole new take on our CEO Executive Team Network conference, all based on your feedback. Visit cues.org slash C-N-E-T to learn more. For more talent development content from Q's, visit cues.org, that is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G now. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit cues.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit cues.org today.